That's what's so neat is that I don't think a lot of people realize how much of an impact St. Louis has and how much of a voice they have in Broadway theater between people like Jack, Mike Isaacson, Terry Schnook. There are a number of um, major producers right here in our own hometown getting things done. The Prom is now screening on Netflix, but it owes its TV existence to a hit Broadway show that was made possible by St. Louis theater lovers, and it's far from the only Broadway hit where that's been the case. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. The Toast of Netflix right now is an adaptation of a musical about what happens when the toast of Broadway invades small-town Indiana. They're there because of Emma. Emma is gay and wants to take her girlfriend to the prom. But the PTA doesn't like that. Told they have to make the event inclusive, they cancel the prom. Emma's classmates are mad. Emma's girlfriend is still hiding their relationship. What is a high school student to do? Don't be gay in Indiana. Big heads up, that's a really stupid plan. There are places where it's in to be out. Maybe San Francisco or there about. But in Indiana, without a doubt, if you're not straight, then guess what's bound to hit the fan? Just breathe, Emma. Not everyone is that. And that is the actress Jo Ellen Pellman as she stars in the new Netflix hit The Prom. And while this musical memorably skewers both self-centered Broadway stars and the Midwest, it's safe to say it would not exist without two men who have a foot in both worlds. Jack Lane is the executive producer of Stages St. Louis, and he was also the lead producer of The Prom's original Broadway production. So, Jack, welcome. Thank you so much. Great to be here. And we're also joined today by Andrew Kuhlman. He's the associate producer of Stages St. Louis and co-producer of The Prom's Broadway iteration. So, Andrew, welcome. Hello. It's great to be here. Yes. So I'm so excited to hear this backstory. I really enjoyed this movie on Netflix. Jack, I understand you got a glimpse of what would become The Prom all the way back in 2016. Where did you first see this show? Yeah, I I did because I had heard a really good buzz, as they say in the industry, about it. And it was trying out at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. So I flew to Atlanta. I checked it out, and I fell in love with it instantly, literally 15 minutes into the show. I said to a friend I was with, I said, I have to be a part of the show. So I came on as a co-producer. Uh, Bill Damaschke and Dory Berenstein were the two leads at that point. But I, had, I guess I had such enthusiasm for it, I raised enough money that they said, no, you're a lead producer. So the three of us became in charge of these wonderful 35 co-producers. Wow. The show. So, Jack, this was just an instant reaction. What about this show did you love so much? It's heart. It's heart and it's humor. 
Mm-hmm. I thought it, it. I thought it had some really great lessons. I thought it, it didn't slap you in the face. I said I, I. I thought it was. It was told with humor, and with love. I loved the score. I just thought it was a really, really special property that was going to reach a lot of people. Hmm. So, Andrew, what got you involved with this then? You know, I've been lucky enough that uh, next year, 2021, will be my 10th season working here at Stages St. Louis. Um, and I, Jack is the person I work most with here and probably the, large, the biggest role model I've ever had. And funnily enough, one day Jack said, as I followed him in all of his Broadway adventures, you know, you should think about becoming a co-producer of The Prom. And I remember laughing a little bit and saying, well, no, that's not possible. That's kind of one of those dreams that are too big to dream. Um, And then funnily enough, there were a couple things that just fell into place. And I found myself as a co-producer on my very first Broadway musical. Well, that's amazing. You certainly picked a good one to start with. Boy, uh, <laughs> and I want to... It worked out. Yeah, it sure did. Man, Jack, I need you to tell me what to uh, get involved in because you clearly <laughs> have a, a great eye for this stuff. And I want to talk in, in just a minute about um, everything that goes into being a producer. But but first, I mean, Andrew, you mentioned there uh, Jack's Broadway adventures. And, and Jack, for the uninitiated, it might seem strange that two St. Louis theater guys are producing hit shows on Broadway. But this was far from your first Broadway rodeo. You've actually won two Tonys. What first got you into uh, being a producer? <laughs> You've done your research. I'm, I'm, I live in New York when, when it's safe, and I live in St. Louis. <laughs> so I was born and raised in New York. I was an actor for many years in New York, and I always wanted to produce on Broadway. But then stages came my way, and I'm one of the founding members. I've been doing it for 34 years. But 10 years ago, I did my very first show on Broadway called Peter and the Starcatcher, when a friend kind of dared me. They said, you're always talking about producing on Broadway, but you haven't done it yet. You just need to find a property, find out who the lead producers are, and just introduce yourself. And that's how it started. So I've done seven shows on Broadway, and I've done multiple national tours, and also I did a foreign tour of Wicked and also Beautiful in London. So it's... uh, a lot of different stuff. So, Jack, is it really that simple as you just go introduce yourself? I imagine it helps that you have this extensive theater background yourself. Joe Schmo couldn't just introduce yeah. himself. I mean, Joe Schmo, it, it, it depends on how much money they needed. Joe <laughs> Schmo, actually, it might work with Joe Schmo. But this, you really, I had someone kind of walk into the room of Peter and the Starcatcher with my stages credentials and my New York credentials. But I had no track record whatsoever of raising money for a for-profit Broadway show. And they, they took a chance on me. But t- the two lead producers on that show have remained two of my biggest mentors. Truly, truly changed my life. Hmm. Well, that is, that's just awesome. I love that uh, they, they sort of pluck you out of the chorus and make you a producer, uh, proverbially speaking. <laughs> A bad mixed did. metaphor. Yeah. Um, so, Andrew, you know, this is your first Broadway show doing this. So, does that mean you just went out and, and raised a bunch of money? You know, I I was so I actually lead here at Stages. I take these these trips of people to um, New York three or four times a year. We take these groups of thirty people up there, and I remember I was sitting in the audience of a show. And I was sitting around a bunch of uh, people, and someone opened the program to an ad for the prom. And they said, oh, this looks really interesting. And this was after Jack had asked me to be involved. And funnily enough, from them opening that program and seeing that ad, a conversation came up. And 
they told me how they had always wanted to be <laughs> investors and work on a Broadway show. And it kind of really was kismet the way it all fell together. It was remarkable. Huh. That's so cool. And so you're able to probably, I imagine, bring in other St. Louisans into being investors in these shows. That's what's so neat is that I don't think a lot of people realize how much of an impact St. Louis has and how much of a voice they have in Broadway theater between people like Jack, Mike Isaacson, Terry Schnook. There are a number of um, major producers right here in our own hometown getting things done. Huh. Well, this is one more thing to be proud about. That makes me so happy to hear. And and uh, I know raising money is a huge part of it. But Jack, once you're the lead producer, are you also having more of an impact on, on how the show shapes out, not just how it gets funded? You're in charge. You are in charge of every single aspect. And the, the biggest thing is, is hiring the right people to do the PR, to do the digital media, uh, who is going to be your general manager, who oversees the day-to-day works of the production. But you're in char- the buck stops with the lead producers. Wow. It really does. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's like a corporation. It's a business. The prom was a business on Broadway. And the three lead producers, they really, the buck stops with us. And it's, it's all about hiring the right team. And the team that we had running it on Broadway were just the best. So, Jack, that's, with that great power comes great responsibility. And, and you had fallen in love with this show from the minute you saw it. Did that show end up changing um, as you took it from Atlanta to Broadway? It, it did. Uh, there were some songs that got reorchestrated, some choreography changed. There Um, some book changes. The the biggest change actually happened during previews on Broadway. And there's a line that absolutely resonates with people right now. It's when Mrs. Green turns to her daughter, Alyssa, who has just come out. And she says, I just didn't want you to have a hard life. Mm. That was added in, in previews because Mrs. Green, who we've tried so hard, she's not a villain. She's a mom who loves her daughter. Mm -hmm. This is what she knows. But she was still coming up a little bit too hard. So the office said, we need something. We need something. So they came up with, I just don't want your life to be hard, which any parent would say to their kid for in, in a case like that. So, yeah, I mean, a little like a scalpel was taken to the show during previews and it just, you know, kind of sheened the diamond, so to speak. Hmm. Well, we're talking today to Jack Lane. Uh, He's the lead producer of The Prom's original Broadway production. We're also joined by Andrew Kuhlman, who works with Jack at Stages, St. Louis. He's a co-producer of The Prom on Broadway. Um, We've been talking about how much we love this this show and love the songs, and I think it's high time we played another song from this show. And this is, so these Broadway stars, they start with the idea that they're going to save this backwards town, and they end up getting a few lessons themselves. So let's listen to their idea of how they're going to make a difference. This is in the song Changing Lives. We're going to help that little lesbian, whether she likes it or not. When you're a legendary thespian, first you help the distress, then you help the distraught. We're going down to where the necks are red and lack of dentistry thrives. Why sing and dance when you can take a stance and know you're truly changing lives? And that is uh, the song Changing Lives from the Netflix hit The Prom. Jack, this show kind of walks a tightrope. There's some great jokes about Hoosiers having bad dentistry and there's no good restaurants in rural Indiana other than Applebee's. But at the same time, it also lampoons the Broadway stars. Was it hard to get that balance just right? 
It was, and I still think that the, the Broadway people get the worst end of the stick. But it's it's satir- you know satire. You have to walk that line. And there have been many discussions about. Don't you think you went a little bit too far with the Midwest, or didn't you go a little bit too far with the Broadway stars? I think to go on that journey and for them to have their resolutions at the end. It had to kind of walk that satiric edge. Mm-hmm. Well, so now this is kind of the true test. Instead of just lovers of Broadway musicals and the people who go to New York to see shows seeing this, it's now being played all over the Midwest. People just have to click that that uh, play button and they can watch this thing. Um, Andrew, do you have a sense of what kind of reaction it's getting? You know, all I keep hearing from the people, that, like you've mentioned, Jack and I work in the theater world, and so many of the actors that we worked here with, with here at Stages and that I know have just been saying how it's wonderful to see this love story to these big Broadway musicals right here on the screen in their own homes. I think it's a really beautiful thing. Um, and I know for me, it's made me want to go back to Applebee's is all I'm <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to go back and see another Broadway show. But yeah, fair point. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. We actually heard from our listeners. They are really enjoying the prom on Netflix. Our listener Suzanne uh, said on Twitter, it was silly, fun, important, and ridiculous. Just what we need right now. Jennifer also sent us an email. She writes, I'm a big fan of the prom on Broadway, and I would like to ask the producers if they're involved in the touring production of the show, any updates regarding tour starting. I understand that was at, at one point a, a victim of this pandemic. Jack, mm-hmm. do you know what's going on with that we are hoping that we can get the tour on track and get out in the fall of 21 because it's been pushed off and pushed off and rescheduled like every single tour that was out there but it is our absolute hope that we will be out on the road sometime before the end of 2021 stay tuned seriously stay tuned it is it is be late breaking news pretty soon hmm. well jack um i understand this production or this experience with this particular production um this has just been wonderful for you you've said this is actually among your best as a producer how so what about this one stands out well it's I, i'm i'm very picky about the shows that i produce they really have to they speak to me and they have to have great heart this one had the biggest heart of any show that I ever worked on, and it was it was the team, it was the wonderful co-producers, it was all the um, the, the media that we worked with. Uh, the, I call the Long Acre Theater that was our home. Mm-hmm. That was our home for a year, and walking backstage and just seeing everyone, the IOTSI guys, that you know the the hair and makeup people, the actors. It was the ushers. Our wonderful house manager, Kenny, the family. He was a family. And that's what, I, having run a regional theater for all these years, I think every time we do a performance, it's a party. It's a party for 500 people. And at the prom, I treated it like this is a party for 900 people a night, and they're being welcomed into our home, which happens to be the Long Acre Theater. So that spirit, it really carried through. Uh, the entire uh, the entire run of the show, and it, it was it was it was a happy place for me, definitely. And Andrew, I mean, this was your first time doing this. You brought in all these investors. Did they end up being happy with this investment? Our people loved this show, and I have to I have to give a little most of the commitment for that to Jack. In that, I think that there's something very special about bringing a not for profit mentality, like we run stages as a not for profit, to a Broadway production. There is that heart that familial sense to it. And I remember hearing from so many co-producers and investors and people involved in the production that 
there wasn't a project that they had worked on before like this one. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun and joyous, and the love of the entire team was always felt. And you could, no matter what room you were in, no matter what celebration or conversation you were having, you felt that love, and that was a really special thing. So I got to ask you guys both, I mean, is there another show that you have your eye on? I know everything has gotten so scrambled for, for Broadway and, and with this pandemic, but are you ready to do this again the minute things start to lift, Jack? Uh, oh, uh, I am. I have, I have, <laughs> I have the show. Are the you... show is it's coming. It's coming from London. It was at the Dunmore Warehouse. It is called Blindness. It is based on the 1995 bestseller about a pandemic where everyone goes oh, blind. Yes. And I'm one of the co-producers, and we, God willing, will be opening. Uh, it's a sound experience. It is a recorded voice of Juliet Stevenson, the wonderful British actress. And you're in a darkened room. It's socially distanced. But, you know, we should be opening hopefully sometimes in January or February off-Broadway at the Darrell Roth Theater. Very excited. I wanted to be a part of the first event that opened up New York again. And even though it's not live, it's live. It's brilliant. You have these headphones and you go you go into this pandemic world of blindness and it's it's brilliant. Boy, that, I'm sold. And that book was a great book. So that sounds like it's, it's going to be book. terrific. Um, yeah. Well, and Andrew, just real quick here in our final seconds, are you on board for another? Are you going to be part of blindness? I'm not right now. I would love to do another project, but right now I'm thrilled to be focusing on the world here in St. Louis and getting stages back. And from everything that we've been going through in this extremely challenging year, it's exciting to be able to focus on on the hometown here and and get stages back for an exciting season next year. Well, Andrew Kuhlman, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Jack Lane, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.